0: You know, a lot of people say these things like fake it to make it. You only need to fake it to make it if you're not truly certain in who you are and certain in your mission. People say they want impact. They're like, oh, I want to impact the world. It's like, wow, you haven't haven't actually impacted yourself yet. There were sweat beads on the table there in front of me. And I remember because I was praying, God, protect me. If this isn't for me, protect me. And I called one of my friends who I had not spoken to in a while. It's a Christian. He said, bro, that's the Holy Spirit. Changing the headline leadership podcast with your host Stephen McLeish making the world a better place by adding value one person at a time impacting the world by impacting your world bringing you love life and energy
1: so stay seated keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times because it's about to blow your mind
0: one and we have lift off
1: Hey guys, I'm with Joe Brown, who is the rock star in that space of self-development. He is the founder of the highly successful addicted to successcom which is a website, a blog, a podcast that is literally being downloaded by hundreds and hundreds of millions across the world. He is an influencer, he is a mentor, he is a coach, an entrepreneur, and a visionary expert. Joel, how are you doing today? Brother,
0: I'm pumped to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited about life. I'm excited about what's possible. Let's dive into it.
1: Yeah. And, and you're in Bali just now. Yeah. 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 Bali, Indonesia
0: at the moment, you know, it's a good, good thing to, to be out here while COVID's going on, whatever's happening there. I'm not too sure, <laughs> but, but here is good, man. It's like an inspirational playground. There's so much life here. There's a lot to, to dive into uh, a lot of variety so no it's a it's a great place man it's it's definitely uh blessed you know you got jungles you got cafes restaurants beaches wow. mountains volcanoes rivers uh rice fields you've got culture it's wow. yeah it's just never-ending fun man
1: <laughs> well, i'm not jealous at all i'm in um, scotland which is so sunny right now and um, not <laughs> 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 Uh, so that's some resume, like that's just your short bio, that resume. It's got all those uh, the things I just met, mentioned. But I, I was wondering what was you know before this successful blog kicked off addicted to what was was life always like that? And if not, what was it like just before that?
0: Uh no, so I'd say that. I started to get the the insight into what it meant to to really self-develop. I'd say, well, it happened when I was younger, but I'd say I really stepped into it when I was 21 years old. Uh, You know, I DJ for many, many years, radio host. I was managing songwriters and producers. We got signed under a subsidiary of Atlantic Records. Uh, it's funny. I actually just reached out to one of my old producers that I used to manage. Uh, they just cr- uh, produced a new track for Drake and Rick Ross, and they've worked oh, with Kanye West and you know a lot of big artists. And and it was cool because you know I got to rub shoulders with a lot of really talented people. But I got to a point where I started to feel this emptiness uh, in my in my soul, and I started to feel this uh, feel this knot in my stomach and this this voice in my head of you're not supposed to be here. And it was just on this loop for months and months I remember staring at the ceiling waking up every morning feeling like I wasn't meant to be there anymore and and it was like this chapter had closed out and and you know you've got these whispers of wisdom from God that's like Joel it's time to go now move to that next place so I moved to a sales company I went back to Australia to Perth left uh, Miami Florida And everyone thought I was crazy. They're like, why are you throwing in the towel? You've got these big red carpet events and you're just getting started and all these awards. And I was like, it's just not, my heart's not there anymore. And because I followed uh, the call, very quickly things started to come into alignment and come into place. I met Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, not Leonardo DiCaprio, but the original Wolf of Wall Street. And he challenged me to cast a 10 year vision You know, I'd heard about goal setting and I read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, you know, I'd listened to Les Brown, I'd listened to Tony Robbins stuff. But this is the first time I actually got challenged on the spot and got asked to to command it, to declare it in front of the room. I remember writing down that I was going to create a website, a blog, a a HubSpot that would give people this formula for hope. That would give them how-to's. That would give them actionable, tangible things to be able to apply self-development to their life. Because I was doing that at the time, and I felt like, wow, if I'm really fired up by this, there's got to be people out there that also feel the same way. So that's where it kicked off, and uh, you know, we're, we're almost 11, 11 and a half years in. And if we, you know, look at what's happened over the years, reached over 320 million people worldwide. Uh, you've been able to connect with so many people, tens of thousands of people at events around the world. But more importantly, I love connecting with people and hearing their stories. I love seeing people standing in that moment where they experience a breakthrough where the penny drops where their perceptions shift, where they realize that they have been getting in their own way that uh, that forgiveness is so powerful and that it brings us out of shame and guilt and fear and anger and sadness that there is hope, you know and so, I've gone through that process even within myself to get to the point where I've, I've I would say I've reached this like more of a mature success where it's no longer about the things. It's no longer about personal ambition. It's more about purpose. And that's what led me to more and more of this spiritual actualization, not just self actualization, but how do I become even more selfless in this and really become the vessel? for God and, you know, expand the kingdom with Christ and, and, and stand more in truth. And i uh, tell you what, man, it's just become more and more rewarding as I've gotten more out of my own way and trusted and believed that, that God has a bigger call for me for more impact in this world. So yeah, that's, that's a journey in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, thank you for that. that. That's amazing. I remember I was at college and I, they had this leadership class, and it was, yep. it was actually more to do with management. And it used to frustrate the life out of me because we can all know today that they're very different uh, subjects, really. And But I remember they had a resource list. This is back maybe 20, 2013 or 2014. And they had a resource list. And on that was addictedtosuccess.com. Oh, no way. That's and, awesome. Uh, And then, so I like, and I found this class so boring. I'm not the best in a classroom environment. And I clicked on this and I was like, I was like, this is my language, this is my, and I think it was about that time it started, that's when it really started to like kick off. And I always sensed that, always sensed that this was um, the hope that you talked about, always sensed that this was about adding value to people rather than, you know, being just, hey, what profit we can make. And um, even though that's, that can be important, like, but it was. I could always sense that just from actually reading the blogs, and it's it's a weird concept that you can get that vibe off of something. So, w- was the idea for the website was that just that moment that you were thinking, "What is my purpose?"
0: Uh, yeah. You know, I thought it was purpose at the time. Looking back and seeing what I know now, uh, there were elements that were answering the questions of. What am I good at? What do I love? What solution will I bring to the world? How will I monetize this so I can grow it and scale it and create some form of impact? But to be honest, I feel that a lot of people are skipping the first phase of, of development, right? Of, of high level development, of, of excellence. The first stage is certainty. You know, a lot of people say these things like fake it to make it, it's a, it's a you know popular saying. You only need to fake it to make it if you're not truly certain in who you are and certain in your mission. If you're confused, if you, you're, you're hiding, avoiding, and pretending not to know that there's things in the background that you haven't faced yet, that there's still healing and trauma to work through. And I see so many people do it, man. I see so many people trying to be influencers online, and they put on this facade, and they, they make it about all about the money. They make it all about the cars and the fancy things. All that shows me is they're insecure, that they got to lead with that. That's their greatest value. If that's their greatest value, what else have they got to offer? You know, and I see it and it's not in this judgment. I see it and go, wow, like I get why you're at that stage. The bigger question is, are you willing to work through your stuff first? Because when you work through the forgiveness, the healing, when you work through the trauma, when you repair or at least acknowledge, accept, and let go of any kind of shortcomings in your relationships with your mom or your dad or your your siblings or those closest to you, then you no longer need to fake it to make it. You're inspired from within and you're convicted, right? You have this certainty. And in that certainty and confidence, people feel that. And by default, you're influential anyway. You're the most convicted person in the room. People want to buy from you. They'll want to uh, join you on that mission. And then when I can clearly articulate my mission to the world and my vision of what we're creating, the right people will start showing up to support me in that, to be able to execute that so it becomes a vision of impact and and actually creating something tangible in reality. And so I, I've just I guess put on the mature lenses 12 years down the line and looked at it all and going like wow there were times where I spent maybe three years just in personal ambition, like wanting to get the money, wanting to get the cars, um, you know, coming out of a relationship and realizing the attention that I got and thought like wow this significance is fun and cool and all these other things that I got to go through and grow through to get to the point where I realized what it what it truly meant to have influence. And wow, man, the responsibility that comes with that. People say they want impact. They're like, oh, I want to impact the world. It's like, wow, you haven't, you haven't actually impacted yourself yet. Mm-hmm. And you know, this everything emanates from you. Some people just want to impact because it makes them feel good, tricking them, diluting them into thinking that they're actually moving the needle. I'm not saying you can't have impact in this world. It's just that you get to scale it on an even bigger level when you've gone through certainty, influence, impact, in, in an authentic and aligned way, and, and actually committed to doing the work and showing up each day to, to become the person you need to become to make that possible.
1: Wow, that is <laughs> we could stop the it could stop the podcast right there. That is so, yeah. so much gold. I love that that you said that. The, if you, the convicted is the most influenced in the room. If you've got your, what was
0: that you said? It was- well, the most per, the most certain person in the room will sell to you. Like, you, you know, like most people aren't convicted in who they are. Most people are trying to fake it to make it, or they're just straight up not even starting. They're procrastinating because they're overanalyzing, because they feel like they're not good enough, uh, because they have that imposter syndrome. Uh, because they think it needs to be perfect. It's not about that. It's about the process. It's who you become in the process because you are where your feet stand. You
1: take you everywhere you go. Wow. And how do you think, like, because that's such a big topic right now? Because I I was in this conversation with a friend the other day and I was like, you know, like, I want people who are like my post actually like me as a person. You know, I, I, I don't want 5,000. You know, dopamine hits and likes, and um, I want—I'd rather have free people like a post who actually like me as a person, if that makes sense. But how—how how do we uh, start with that first point of being certainty and being more centered? I suppose. Start with forgiveness. Mm, that's good. A lot of
0: a lot of your money problems, whether it's you know addicted to making money, you know, trying to overcompensate your success, um, betraying your own aligned self to make more money or to you know, crush it in business, the exhaustion that you feel because you're running too fast and you're not present with life, um, the feeling of not being good enough, the feeling of comparison, uh, the people pleasing, all those things are all coming from the fact that you've developed this blueprint early on in life that essentially gets you into a place of telling yourself that I'm not good enough or failure and mistakes are bad, or I don't have enough. And that's based off the relationship you've had with your mother or your father. You know, so much of the healing that we do is the forgiveness work first and not just forgiveness with your mother and your father or your brother or your sister, also forgiveness with yourself, right? Like we got to get on our own team in order to win. And most people aren't on their own team you know, and let alone even asking for support from others, they're just really beating themselves up. And there's no way to win in that in that scenario. So sitting down and writing a forgiveness letter, you know, I forgive you, I forgive you for the time that you did this, I forgive. And just like writing it and 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 maybe taking a break for like half an hour and then coming back and writing until there's it feels like you've accepted it and at least acknowledged what's there. We don't get to integrate into a Identified, it, acknowledge and accepted first. And it's a process, man, it's a process, you know, I write it at times, like I've been doing this for so many years, I still do it, but it clears the space. And it creates room for more of my potential to come in. And most people are only playing at 20. And I heard this, this really awesome analogy from this, this old pastor, his name is Miles Monroe, he's he's come and gone, you know, he passed away, I think about six or seven years back. And he said that if we could imagine that God is the creator of us, right? He's a manufacturer. Let's say we're like a car for an example, an analogy and on the dial of our car on the speedometer, we have 220 miles per hour is where it maxes. Right. And what we do is we ride along on this road and we're going at 60 and somebody else comes alongside of us that also has 220 on the dial and they're going 80 and we're looking at them going, Oh my gosh, look at this person. How amazing are they? Look at, look at all that potential. Look at, look at how fast they're going. Look at how much they're doing here. Little do we know we also have the same capability, maybe even more, but we're not stepping into that potential. We're wasting our time, staying in our wounds, playing small, telling ourselves limited stories about what we can and can't do.
1: Wow. That's, wow. That's so good. And how do we um, step into that potential?
0: Well, you know, the thing is that a lot of people are really focused on like, Oh, this is who I am. And I think that it's not about who we think we are that is limiting us. It's who we think we're not. We keep our minds focused so often on what we, we don't think that we're capable of and we see people you know, crushing it and we're just like, that's for them. No, 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 that's for you too. You can model that. That's absolutely possible. If somebody else has been able to do it, you can do it too. The truth is that they've come in from a different angle. That greatness that lies within them is also in you. So there's no pedestaling. There's no letting yourself off the hook and saying that greatness is just for them. And a lot of people that I see that have, uh, you know, crushed it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they've worked through their forgiveness. They've used force all the way to achieve their success. And they keep using force to continue it, to try and keep it up. That's why a lot of them get into drugs and alcohol. And, you know, they they fill the void with, you know, sleeping with everybody and, and you know, having a party to kind of let it out because they've been suppressing all these these feelings of, of feeling, you know, not enough and overcompensationary success to kill it, to try and show the perception that they're doing well to, to get the pat on the back. I'm here to say that we don't need to do that. That's not necessary. You can come from power, which is acceptance, understanding, joy, peace, love. We get to create from that space. That's what I believe God has designed us to create from, from the beginning of time. The enemy of our soul wants us to stay in sadness, anger, apathy, using fear to achieve success, using manipulation and control to achieve success, trying to get certainty and come from scarcity to achieve success, trying to use courage all the time. I'm not saying courage is bad, but you don't want to have to use that courage, that adrenaline all the time to try and drive you. That's how people get committed to just drinking coffee, 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 or taking drugs to try and ramp themselves up in order to be able to like do something because they don't feel like their potential is actually uh, accessible just naturally. And so God is teaching us over and over again, hey, I created you in this incredible form. You're infected with sin. The violation of purpose, which is keeping you out of your purpose, but coming into your alignment, working through the forgiveness, bringing it to him. We're not made to be deities. That's just too much. That's too much on our own shoulders. Give that to him. And, and step in. Okay, where am I at now? What would be the most aligned thing for me to do today? What if I could fill my day with things that light me up that are more fulfilling, it doesn't need to be perfect, it never will be perfect. But if I showed up more in the things that are truly more aligned with me, would that give me more energy? Would that bring me into inspiration? Would it keep me in spirit? Right? These are the type of questions that I get people to start asking themselves as they're moving through that clearance as they're looking at like, Huh. Interesting that I used to be, uh, I, I used to turn on, you know, a TV show or a movie in the morning and it was like Batman. I used to feel this connection with the character of Batman. What is it? What is it about him? It was the fact that he was shut off from society is very much in his bat cave and introverted. Uh, yes, he saved people and he was there. He's a protector and provider, but he was very much not allowing people to come in and showing that vulnerability right? We do this as coping mechanisms when we're young, we start like looking at reference points to model our life after in order to be able to just cope with life. So I get people to get curious about themselves, curious about who they are, why they're here, what can they do? Why they're here? What's their potential? And what happens when you die? Like, what am I doing? The decisions I'm making today actually leading to a better place for my destiny? Or am I just really just floating around just randomly dancing with my DNA? that I came from this big bang explosion and life is meaningless. Like what, like, come on, let's, let's, let's put that on the table and see what's here. You know? So I think people don't think about these things, man. They're so caught up in their wounds and so caught up in trying to be somebody they're not. And I, I, you know, life is, is short man. it's, it's but a vapor in, in this really small slither of time in this calibration of change that we're living in right now, you know? So, yeah man I want forever dude the eternal word abides forever I want in on that I want to be living in my fulfillment I want to be empowered and centered and aligned and uh powerful and healthy with my decisions rather than coming from lack all the time it's just it's an exhausting place man I d- I've done that and I see my students do that all the time until they realize that they don't they don't have to go that route life doesn't have to be that hard
1: yeah wow that's so good and you like, I'm a pastor, and so I know that you know your Bible by just having a conversation with you. Like, you've uh, quoted so much, maybe consciously and subconsciously, uh, but is, you, you're so big on the kingdom. Um, is, that yeah. been, is that something that's always been there? Is that been, has there been a recent change in the past few years, or has it just been something that you've grown up right.
0: in? Yeah, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. You know, so Protestant Christian um, kept the Sabbath. Friday night sundown, Saturday night sundown was was the Sabbath day of rest. Um, I never had church hurt, man. I had a really great experience with church. The community was awesome. Mom taught me a lot about Jesus. You know, she she just shared a lot about the love of Jesus and how awesome Jesus is. You know, so I never felt manipulated. I never felt there was power and control. Um, I just I just felt maybe to some degree like I didn't fully understand the importance of it. And I felt like in that not understanding importance, I felt like there was a restriction. And so once I got to 13, 14 years old, I told mom and dad, hey, I'm gonna go my own route and work this thing out myself. And, you know, they didn't pressure me in any way. They're like, okay, cool. But know that he's here waiting for you, you come back when you're ready, you know, so it was really cool, man, there was no like, strong grasp on it saying that I need to be this way or that way. And you know, every now and then in conversations, my mom will bring in a reminder of God and things like that. And, you know, I, I remember coming to her and telling her about all these accolades featuring documentary films and stages in front of thousands. And my mom goes, Joel, I'm proud of you. I think it's amazing. My question, too, is does do you take that with you when you go? And she, and she said, Joel, she said, they. They, like the world, can remember you for all these things, but if there's anything they're going to really remember you by, let them remember you for your love. And I was like, oh, dude, and I got tingles. Even just saying it, then I got tingles, man. And, and I, I remember that landing so deeply in my soul, and I just remember feeling like, man, that's what I want, is I want that. Like, that's next level for me. And at the time, it was very much, it wasn't material at that time. This was maybe about six years back. But I do remember reaching this point of achieving, you know, millions of dollars in business, traveling around the world. You know, I've gone to so many different countries, man. I feel like I've had a very full experience. Uh, you know, luxury cars and yachts and jets and rubbing shoulders with billionaires and multi. I've seen a lot, man. I've seen a lot, dark and light. And you know, I ran around in circles: Buddhism and humanism and deism and socialism and. Um, the, the mysticism and uh, all the isms, man, that probably yeah, should have been yeah. wasms, <laughs> right? And, and and I just kept running in circles, bro. And I was just like, I, I want something grounded. Like I couldn't, I, I was looking and I liked some of the points around like how to live your life in certain lifestyle aspects. There were some really tangible things that were helping to improve my life in some way. And um, great stories and examples of love sometimes from some of these teachers, but I always remembered there was this like concepts of God that were always like put up and, and I just never connected with it. I just remember feeling like, nah, this doesn't feel like it. It's it. And it. There wasn't this depth and substance to what I was really looking for. You know, and this is my personal journey, obviously. And uh, I remember meeting uh, a friend. We uh, were in Tulum, Mexico. I was on a friend's bachelor trip and she was talking to me about Jesus. And I just remember feeling this feeling of, man, I haven't visited this for like 13 or 14 years, you know, with more of a mature mind and more of a worldly experience to have a contrast. I remember her asking me, do you know Jesus? And I was like, well, yeah, like I know who he is. She's like, no, but do you know him? Like, do do you understand the character of, and the things that you told me that you're striving for in life and all these things? She's like, he's a great example. And I just remember feeling this feeling where I was like, there's something here and I don't know what it is, but, that day I I got down on my knees uh, in this room that like everyone was kind of split sharing rooms. And uh, before the guys were coming back to, to jump in the room um, for for the evening, I was like, man, I'm going to get on my knees real quick, make sure they don't see me. I'll get down. I'll just pray to God. And I said, I remember saying, Jesus, if you were really the truth, like really the truth, I want to know you and I just only want to know you. I don't want to know a fabricated version of you. I don't want to know the religious version of you. I want to know you for who you are. And I'm calling upon you to reveal yourself to me. Not next year or next month. I want it now and I want it in full effect. You know, I want, I really want that. And I remember, man, literally the next day, there was this invite to go to this thing with a shaman that was calling in spirits. And there was this like whole, um, ritual process. And I just remember feeling so convicted, man, the whole group were going to do it. And then they were like, Oh, everyone's going to do it. And you're going to pay. And I said, nah, not me. And I was like, Whoa, because I, before that I was kind of open to like, just seeing exploring and they're like, why? And I'm standing there. And I'm just like, uh, "Uh, it just doesn't resonate with me. I'm not, I'm not in fear. I checked in on this. I'm not fearing it. It's coming from a place of not wanting it. Like it's not there. I feel like I want to go deeper into something else within myself. And and my friend couldn't understand at the time. He said, look, I, I respect your beliefs. He said, I don't understand it, but I respect your beliefs. And uh, a little bit after that, man, I started to have these experiences month by month where I'd meet other Christians. They just start coming into my life talking about Christ out of nowhere. I wasn't getting there before. And I saw miracles unfold before my eyes. People healed. I I saw prayers answered and all these amazing revelations. Dots started to connect and I was seeing and hearing and noticing things I wasn't before around Christ. And it wasn't that I was like my reticular activating system was going. I was like actively trying to look for it. It was more of a spiritual experience that I couldn't even explain that was happening within me. And I had this moment where um, some friends invited me to this, uh, this healer guy. And he he did this thing where he would like touch along your back and he'd go like this and people's bodies were contorting and twisting. And, and I know it sounds crazy, really does. Um, and, and to me, like in the spirit world, I wasn't really tuned into all that stuff. I was like, ah, yeah, there's some spirit stuff, but bro, I'll tell you that day I witnessed it before my eyes, darkness. I saw it, I saw the contrast. And I remember this feeling, this guy said some psychic thing to me where he said like, hey, when you were young, you used to do Brazilian martial arts and I used to do capoeira. And I was like, how do you know? And he says, oh yeah, I just, I know these things. And I was like, wait a minute, who are you talking to? What is this? And I remember him trying to do this thing to me where he just, everybody else was contorting and passing out and they were doing, going into this convulsion thing and is crazy. And he couldn't do it on me. And I was dripping with sweat, Stephen. I'm a guy that will go to the gym and lift pretty heavy, but still not much sweat. I would There were sweat beads on the table there in front of me. And I remember because I was praying, God, protect me. If this isn't for me, protect me. And I called one of my friends who I hadn't spoken to in a while. He's a Christian. And he said, bro, that's the Holy Spirit. He's like, the Holy Spirit is protecting you, bro. It's your time now to move forward and to get away from this stuff. This isn't for you. And... Yeah, I, I got fully convicted to be baptized. This was like six years back. And, you know, I went through a journey of this flux of like, you know, having challenges and walking the line of the secular world, but also, you know, in the space with Christ. And bro, I tell you, it's just gone deeper and deeper. And my desires have shifted so much. I've had a lot of the worldly things, man. The answers aren't in that. They're not there. And, and for anyone that's listening right now, that's like, okay, religion, Christ, you can't put God in a box. Yeah. You really cannot put him in a box. And this is what Jesus did so beautifully is he like unraveled God in a way where you realize that he is de-boxed and he is bigger, omnipotent, omniscient, just powerful beyond measure, almighty, that far exceeds any sort of religious system or anything that man could ever make on this earth. And, and I, I'm no longer looking at concepts of God, Stephen. I know God. Like I know him as a living being that loves us, that cares for us, that forgives us, that wants the best for us, that has this creation and this promise that's unfolding as we are invited into the eternal. And uh, it's just this powerful experience, bro, to to be able to turn around and look at something like self-development, man, it's become so much easier. As a matter of fact, I get bored with self-development sometimes. It feels elementary. And I'm not saying that to brag or pride or none of that. It literally became just so evident on how that works that I find depth and more development in the spiritual with Christ. Yeah. There's just so much there, man. It's it's undeniable. And it's it's we're living between a miracle and a mystery. And it's so incredible that we get to to witness this and have someone that co-creates and walks with us on this journey
1: wow that's so
0: good and one thing i'll just say is praise god for moms <laughs> dude my mom said to me the other day she said joe you don't know how many times i prayed for you and she said i didn't just pray for you your grandma prayed for you my mom's mom prayed for you and her mom prayed for her he, mom's like you don't know how many prayers are on your life you know so and that's what i do for others is, is pray for others too because there's, there's power in that man there's power in the prayer power in the word this power and forgiveness, it's all there for us. He's waiting at the door. He's waiting for you to open that door. He doesn't force himself in. The enemy of our soul forces himself. I've witnessed dark spiritual things at play. I've seen the enemy of our soul force himself into people's life. He tortures them. He brings them into massive submission and they feel stuck. And I've seen it, you know. I'm not saying I see it everywhere because you know, you can't say it's in everything. Uh, But I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it happen. And I know what it's like. And I know what the contrast is. And I know what the better option is moving forward. Kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. Which one do you bounce in? Because there's no doubt we live in a fallen world. There's evil that does exist. And we live in a selfish world. And so the more that we can move out of that selfishness and into that incredible space co-creating with Christ, we'll soon realize that all the things that we ever wanted wasn't really... Uh, in measure uh, as impactful and as amazing as what God actually has for in store for us. It's yeah, truly incredible.
1: Totally. Um, and I love the the whole concept about the, the, how you don't just know about God. You actually know God have a, a personal relationship with Jesus. Cause I think that's the game changer, right? The, yeah. That is the absolute game changer. Um, and you, you, you're like, you are so, you just come across so centered. And I wonder where that comes from. Does that come from having a relationship with Jesus? Have you had counseling before? Or like, where does that, you just seem so centered as a, I I know you say you're an introvert. I'm also an introvert, but you can kind of just, you come across a very centered person.
0: Man, honestly, I got to give him the glory. Like if you saw me, if you saw me even, three years back, you know, because this is what it is. I don't believe that we just, that's it. We change, everything changes overnight. It's a process. It's a journey. We're all in it. It's a practice, scarcity, um, judgment, jealousy, anger. That's all the practice, just as much as abundance, just as much as forgiveness, just as much as creation is, is a practice. And so, what God has taught me and just walking with Christ. Like, even if you you take religion out the picture, and by the way, I'm about relationship, not about religion. No. You know, like Jesus was a gangster, man. Like he stood before the Pharisees and said to them, you are like whitewashed tombs. What's that? That's that's looking good on the outside and dead on the inside. That was a slap in the face if there ever was one. <laughs> but But he had good reason for it. And so I look at someone like him and think, yeah, a lot of people say like, Oh, who's your mentor? Who do you look up to? Oh, you're Tony Robbins. Oh, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, Elon Musk, bro. None of them touch Jesus. Come on, You know what I mean? Like, none, like none of the, the gurus or the philosophers or whatever, like, bro, I've studied so many of them and, and, and I see it and it's great. Like people have great things to say, but dude, if we hang it up on, on the, uh, on the hook and really look at it for what it is, the walk that he did, like, it could only come from God. Like, I just want you to imagine you trying to, for one day, one full day, not negatively judge somebody, don't swear, um, don't rip someone off, don't have, like, these um hateful thoughts towards someone or or say anything condescending or demeaning. Like, try it just for one day, bro. We, we do these challenges where, you know, we have, like, this... um judgment challenges where you wear on like one band on this side of the of your wrists on your right wrist and uh as soon as you catch yourself judging you got to put it back on the left wrist and you got to restart and the next day you get to restart on the right it, it takes people like good luck man good luck i don't think i've ever really had anybody that's gone the whole entire day without it uh people have gotten pretty close to it there might have been one person that was able to like you know have it for most of the day but bro to live full 33 and a half years get hung on the cross get you know tortured all the way to to his death and then his resurrection to be ascended back to the kingdom uh bodily resurrected not just spiritually like legitimately bodily resurrected and witnessed by over 500 people resurrected that's the truth uh and and still not sin still not have those you know like yeah he was a he was a uh a being as well in the flesh you know, with the, um, God incarnate, but he was a being in the flesh that still had a, a human emotions to experience life like us, to come down from the mountain to meet with us, to stand with us and to show us what it's like to walk with him. Not that we have to win his love to climb up the mountain, which is a pagan view of God to try and ritualistically win his love, talk through other mediums and people to get to him, but actually to be with him in relationship and connect with him and understand Him for who he is. Bro, try and walk just a day in the shoes of him and not be uh, you know somebody that's that's uh, ill towards others like he, he just held it down for 33 and a half years with no fault that's that can only come from God in this world can't come from anybody else he wasn't just uh, you know guy that just showed up in history and did nice things like that's that's not who he was he was God in the
1: flesh Wow that's so good. Not to
0: mention, not to mention the amount of prophecies that he fulfilled. That's how God communicates to us through prophecies. That, like, that's what stands even just the view of Christianity or the way, the way of Christ, which is before Christianity. The way that's what stands it apart from every other system is the fact that over two and a half thousand prophecies are being fulfilled. You can't even just make that up. You can't even orchestrate that ever. The fact that Jesus. Uh, fulfilled over 600 word for word line for line move by move verbiage everything fulfilled it to a t and was casted thousands upon thousands of years before and still you know made it happen that's not just a coincidence
1: yeah come on Wow, so good. Bro, I literally I wrote maybe over twenty questions to ask you. I got to number two.
0: <laughs> Holy Spirit's leading us, man. That's what's happening it's right awesome. now. It's the Holy Spirit,
1: bro. It's absolute it's amazing. Um and I'm I'm gonna finish off with some fun questions. Uh well I think they're fun anyway. <laughs> so Yeah,
0: yeah, let's go there, man. I
1: like before I do that. Um um you are, I know you're doing a certification coaching course for being an influence, so um, coach. Um, could you maybe just tell us a bit about that course that you're doing right now?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I've been in the coaching space for 11 years now. And what I have found over the years is there are, there are two big struggles, two big challenges. The first one is typically people are sitting on the fence, right? They're seeing other coaches coaching They've got involved in self-development. They've maybe even experienced a life shift within themselves and they are going, wow, I want to be able to do this too and share this as well. But they have this imposter syndrome, this feeling of not good enough, or this feeling of I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. They may even just be confused about like, what's the checklist? There's no rules to the game when it comes to coaching. It's not even a governed industry, to be honest. So they're like, well, what do I do? Like, what's the route? No one really has like the set game plan. And so this is an area that I've, I've come into really bring a solution to, to be able to show people how to work through the shadow, the wounds, the triggers, all that stuff to be able to really come into that clear canvas to create from and to know, okay, what are the things that I need to know for sure in order to be able to build a strong foundation as a coach? So you work through your checklist, you get it. Yeah, okay, now I know I've crossed the bases and now I know I'm in a good position to be able to really do this, right? The second thing is, I call it the fraudulent coach syndrome where uh, people may be coaching already, or they've started to, in some way, set up a, a, a rounds of coaching, maybe some pro bono, maybe some you know, lower entry price point things to be able to build it up, but they haven't quite dialed into their niche. So they don't know their area of expertise. And so it's like riding around on a bicycle with a bold tire on the back. You might be able to roll around in it for a bit. You know, maybe you get paid for a bit. Maybe you bring some people in, but... The sales process is tough because you're not attracting your audience and your people. It's tough for you to be able to message. Branding and marketing just seems like next to impossible. It's exhausting putting it out there. You're sitting in a coaching session after coaching session going, oh my gosh, how am I going to help this person? This person is sharing the stuff they're going through, right? So your confidence levels are low and you feel like a fraud. So I love teaching people how to identify the five layers that we peel back in order to really dial in on your niche. So you can get it right from the start. So I teach that. Uh, We also have a certification that goes with that. So right at the end, you go through an examination process. It's not there to scare you away. It's there to make sure that you've covered all your bases. And if you don't, then we go back and we cover what you need to cover. That way, when you finish, you feel confident stepping out as a coach in the space in your own unique way. So that's Influential Coach. Uh, It's a four-month program. We do two live Zoom calls a week, Uh, usually capped out around 20 to 30 people uh, per season. And we have so many people coming out of it, man, that are finding their own awesome, unique avenue that I've supported them in in finding and they're stepping in and they're supporting uh, people to create transformation in their life. And, uh, you know, it's not woo-woo. It's very much practical, straightforward. Here's the tangible steps. I teach you my frameworks. You're a fully fledged coach. You can teach people how to create transformation in their life and, you know, build a long-term career out of it too, if that's where you want to take it. So yeah, you can head over to com slash certification. Okay. I slash certification.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And what is the best way to connect with you? What is the best? Are you like I know you're on social media, so but what is the best format for people yeah. to you up in- yeah, Check- and go? Yeah, you can
0: go to com and, and go to the contact form if you've got any questions, just reach out to me. I'm happy to answer via email. Uh if you're looking for one-on-one coaching you can go through there too you can dm me on instagram shoot me a voice note or a video or a text whatever you feel comfortable with uh, and my instagram handle is at i am joel brown okay j-o-e-l-b-r-o-w-n thanks man thanks for asking i appreciate that
1: no, no. it's cool
0: i love connecting with people too man so you've opened that that door for people to be able to reach out. And uh, this is what it's about, man, is we get to support each other. So I appreciate it.
1: Come on. And I, and guys, please go and, like, I already follow you on all the social media outlets. I think everyone can possibly think of off the top of my head, but the ones that I definitely do, like, it, it just adds so much value. So guys, go and, go and follow Joel. You won't regret it. Um, and that coaching course, um, Joel is not a, he's a genuine genuine guy so like if you're thinking about that that route do it guys do it um so just a, a few fun questions on my side anyway anyway joe um you, you you've you've like as you says you've went through that life that you've worked with and you've interviewed and you're, you're probably friends with quite significant leaders in our time like you know the diet lama there's been tony robbins and you had um the oscar winner matthew mcconaughey last time i was checking out which was yeah. amazing um but i'm just interested on that uh, if you were to have dinner with three people because you know so many influential people uh, if you were to have a, a meal with or a lunch with three people dead in their life who would they be and why
0: great stuff man i would say my granddad that I never got to meet because he passed away when my mom was 17. My mom tells me about him often and he seems like a really like he was a really great guy. Um, it'd be cool to meet him because she says a lot of how I am is it was also what she experienced with him. So be like, it'd be really cool to be able to see what the connection would be like in that. Um and just to learn from somebody that lived, you know, a long time ago, man, you know. So uh, yeah, granddad and Jesus, for sure. Sit, sit with Jesus, break bread with him at the table <laughs> before before we get to do that in, in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and then uh, the third one, the third one would be King David.
1: Yeah, come on.
0: Yeah, King David, man, King David. And, um, I resonate a lot with him because he had a lot of second chances with God. You know, um, kind of like the the story of the prodigal son that goes away and does his own thing, and then comes back, and and his father embraces him. You know, and and just says, "Come in and eat." And and uh, that's me, man. That's me. And I think when you try and paint somebody as just perfect, it's, it it holds you to this unrealistic standard that you got to be that. And and he's made mistakes, man. I've I've made mistakes. Got into drugs and alcohol and sleeping with, you know. You know, women and 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 just not not really proud of the decisions that I made when I was younger, when I was in my selfishness. We talked about this like selfishness is what happens in this world. Um, So so like really resonating with the fact that this this guy, you know, King David, uh, really had this this grace from God. And um, you know, God says like he's a man after his own heart. And so I'd love to know like what is that like? How do we be that a man after? You know, if you're a woman, how do you be a woman after after God's own heart? Like, how do we do that? Um, I'm intrigued in what was happening around that time and and just really like the decisions that were made that shaped the present that we're currently living in and where we're going in the future, it's just insane, man. I just anyone that's like really deep into history. I'd love to, to extend that table and have so many people from, you know, moments in history and pinpoint every 500 years back or a thousand and then have conversations about what it was like at those times. So yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I like to keep it, keep it deep, bro. I like
1: to keep it deep. Yeah, I love it. absolutely love it. Um, and if you had a billboard sign and you could put anything on it, what would you put on it and why?
0: Jesus loves you.
1: Yeah, there's no explanation needed for that. <laughs> Jesus,
0: man. Hey, I say it to people here. So we have a service here. It was kind of like Uber Eats, but it's called Gojek. Uh, you order your food on your app and then they they bring it to the door. They ride around on their scooter and they, they they go pick up your food and then they bring it to you and you pay them. And there's like a difference in the tip or whatever it is. So it's like they will get an extra two bucks, dude, like a dollar or like a pound or two bucks, uh, you know, Australian but to me, it's not enough, especially in COVID times. So I, I tip them extra and they, you can see, they're so grateful for it. They're like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I always say, Jesus loves you. And it's really interesting to see their reaction when they hear that, because you just never know, like someone that could have been fed a lie, you know, and this is what the enemy of our soul does is he, he, he lies and deceives all the time. And a lie believed breaks the circle of love and trust. And so I want at least, if if this is the only exposure anyone ever has in a space like this, and this this I told you the land of three hundred million gods here in in Bali, this island, then I want them to at least remember that when they heard the name Jesus, they felt that love and that gratitude and that connectedness and openness from from one of his, you know, his own. So. Uh, yeah, man. People have been sold a, a bill of lies when it comes to Christ, and they they don't they don't understand. It. It's almost like intimidating for some people to hear his name. But bro, I'd scream it from the mountaintops.
1: Come on, come on. I love yeah. it. That's awesome. Um, I'd probably have the same thing on about what. Yeah. the Same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yesterday was um. I don't. You probably know this, but yesterday was World Book Day. Um. And this is kind of my signature question is, um what is three books that are a must read?
0: The Bible, for sure. That book is a book of gold. Yeah, I've read, bro, I've read hundreds and hundreds of self-development books. They got nothing on the Bible. Come on. Like when you really sit with it, it's a personal experience, especially when you invite God into the space with you to walk you through the, the, the scriptures, even if you're not religious, or even if you're not even identifying yet relationship with Christ pick it up and and look for the wisdom in it and at least just just ask like there's no harm in just going hey God can you guide me to some things here that uh, you know could take me to that next level in in becoming more of who you created me to be that's it you just go to that space first and read through it and and show up in it each day and you know it's it's one of those books that Will forever be studying. I think even even in the kingdom of heaven, we'll still be studying it to understand what all this truly is, and this this uh, living between the mystery and the uh, the miracle and the mystery of what's unfolding here. I heard this saying recently: the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving Earth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God created us; so we're a product of Him. You know, and created us in, in his own image. Like why would he not give us an instruction manual to really work through to understand more of how we can become more of who we really possibly can be. Uh, so that's a book over all books, the ultimate um, business. Like when it comes to business, I read a book called Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman. Really cool. Got me to understand the difference between a visionary and an integrator and how to really build that out in my business to learn more about myself as an entrepreneur. That's an awesome book that I recommend to so many entrepreneurs. Um, and to be honest, I'm not, I'm like, I've read a lot of books. I'd, I'd say Atomic Habits by my, my boy, James Clear. Awesome, awesome book. He's so thorough, so deep into his research around it. And he knows what he's doing. He's, he's committed to, you know, the biohacking and the, the mechanics of, of self-development. So I love his stuff. Uh, but apart from that, I, I like to listen to a lot more things and watch a lot more things rather than sit with the book all the time. Even though I've read <laughs> hundreds of them or so, I haven't done it as much lately because I'm, I'm on the move, listening and, and, and pounding out, you know, podcasts and, and pounding out YouTube videos of sermons and and philosophers and, and things of that nature.
1: Wow! So good so good well joe it's been absolutely amazing to have you on this has been absolute gold and i've just i've loved having this conversation and i'm so glad it's just how it's turned out already Uh yeah. do you just before we go do you have any final thoughts that you would like to leave the listeners or the viewers
0: yeah don't play small your potential is way bigger than you can ever imagine um know what's really important to start at the core, work through your, your wounds, your traumas, practice what my mom taught me, you know, let them remember you for your love. In our hardest times, remove that selfishness, step into a place where you challenge yourself, not just to create a lot through business and to make a lot of money, but how can I, how can I know that, or how can I practice showing up even when I feel like I don't have enough, knowing that I am already enough and that if I get to be more in the process, that that's just a bonus that's unfolding within me, right? Uh, I every day am practicing more and more of just like being grateful and appreciative of who I am and what you know, God has done for me in my life and knowing that if I, if I died today, that, that already is enough and everything else is a bonus. Right? A lot of people have this perfectionism thing going on. They're trying to aim for impossible. I say aim for good, grade and excellent. Know what's below standards too, and don't settle on that. But know that the process and the journey is the most fun and exciting part. It's a climb that we get to experience uh, more of our character shaping and building. And it's, it's about who we become in the process.
1: Awesome, I love that. Who we become in the process. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute honor.
0: Thank you man appreciate you thanks a million